Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am your host, Teresa Moore. There are many facets of our mind-body-spirit connection. In this episode, we explore spiritual healing with our guest, Eva Nelson. Eva is a spiritual healer and a spiritual coach. Eva has her master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology, but after feeling called to become a spiritual healer, Eva left her successful corporate job and started helping people all across the country. Please visit her website, evanelsonhealing.com, to learn more and to listen to her podcast about her personal journey called Life is Messy. Eva is a gifted healer, and you can schedule a remote session with her on her website. Eva can channel high vibrational healing energy and data, and during a healing session, she can provide a lot of context about who you are, where you come from, what is your bigger essence, and Eva can shift and clear energies. This can be a very impactful and transformational process and journey. Eva teaches us in this episode what spiritual healing is, that each of us has stories and what those are, what soul contracts are, and what forecasting is and why she does not do it. Eva teaches us that we cannot mess this up. We cannot lose the love of God or spirit and that we are each remembering who we are and that we are not separate from God, but that you being you is the goal, period. Whatever that looks like, we are each on our own journey. This is part one of a two-part series. Here is my conversation with Eva Nelson. Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am Teresa Moore, your host, and I am here with Eva Nelson. Eva Nelson is a healer and a spiritual coach. Thank you so much for joining us today, Eva. Oh, thanks for having me. Such an honor. Thank you. You have a beautiful website, evanelsonhealing.com. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I love the premise of this podcast series. I'm a healer and a spiritual coach. I was not always this way. I was in business consulting for a really long time. About five years ago, I had a pretty, some would call it spiritual awakening. I would call it a crisis and decided to find something else. And through that exploration, I really found my way to being a healer, which if you know me, my whole story is very interesting because I did not grow up spiritual. But at this point in time, I work with individuals and I have this amazing gift that I have a lot of humility for and that I can channel high vibrational healing energy and data so that in a session, we can really, one, provide you with a lot of context about who you are, where you've come from, like what's your bigger essence and then two, we can actually shift energy, move some things so that you can move forward a little lighter with a lot more data. So there's like a dual impact. So it's not just giving you data, which is really helpful, by the way. Data is power, right? But we also do the energetic part, which is we all need help. So it's just kind of like offloading things we don't even know we're carrying, clearing things that are old. So I find that with both of them, it's a really impactful transformational process. And I always tell people that working with me is a journey. It's a healing journey. And it's very much coming back to who you are because it's a remembering. We're not like seeking something. We're not trying to find ourselves. We're just trying to remember who we came here to be before life happened. And it's about loving ourselves. I love that. That's such a beautiful way to put it. When you say that you can remove dense energies and that you can also just kind of help clear the path, are you able to do that because you can almost like see through the veil, you can see through the other side and you can navigate and manipulate the energies or how does that work? That's such a great question. How it works is when I'm working with someone, like I see their soul and it doesn't have to be in person. I do all my sessions right now virtually on the phone. So there's no video and the reason for that, and I can do them in person, but it's nice when someone can experience and receive their healing in their own comfy space and like get out any emotions they want and not worry about managing me because we all have a way of not really letting go when we're with someone. And I love it because spirit can transcend time and space. It is not bound by either one of those. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I don't even need to have you on the phone. I've done sessions where someone just gives me their intention and I will go off and do the work with them. 
and their higher self. And then I record it and send it to them. And they are blown away by it because it feels like I'm in the room in these recordings. And I've had moments where I've said something to them like, okay, start breathing or release your jaw. And they're like, how did you know I wasn't breathing? And I'm like, well, one, I don't know anything, right? Because I channel everything. But two, yeah, time is a very interesting concept. But in a session, I work with everyone's higher self. So we have a part of us that is outside of the human experience that is guiding us. Some call it your future self. It could be seen as your elder self, but this really wise part of you that's not weighed down by human emotion, human experience, and they're guiding us. And then I believe and have experienced that we have spiritual guides. And usually we have two to three of them that have been with us for this whole life. Sometimes they interchange, but they're with us all the time. And then I call in all higher vibrational healing energies, entities, and beings that will help with this healing session with so-and-so. So in a room, and I'm calling it a room, but in a room, there is like a half of a stadium of support for this individual. And then we look at the soul's, like the person's soul, and they show us, because I believe we all have inner healers, so they're showing us, hey, 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 look at all these things over here. This is what I need you to work on. This is what I need you to clear. So together, we figure out the ways to do that. And that's very kind of like I am the conduit. I'm really holding the space for them to clear, remove, detach things, detach other people's energy, old energy, etc. I always wish people could see what I'm seeing, but the person really experiences a lot themselves. So most of my clients, whether they know it or not, because we're all intuitive, will feel things. So like, what? I feel this sensation in my back. I'm like, yeah, we're removing a lot of energy from your back. We're like giving you space. I'm like, I can feel it. So there's always a felt sense after my sessions. And I always remind people like, this was not us. I didn't do anything. This is you doing the work, but it's real and that you can feel it. And not just physically, but emotionally, there's a little more space between you and the stuff that you're working with, like your patterns, your stories, your dysfunctional relationships, things shift subtly in these sessions, but they really are driving the work, if that makes sense. When you say they, are you talking about the spirits on the other side or the spirits coming through that you're channeling? Both ends. So the individual always leads the this, this session, meaning their self, their bigger soul knows exactly what they need. So they're the, I would say, the masters of the orchestra, right? They're the maestros. And they're telling us, yeah, this is what my person needs down here. And then all the things that I connect into really help facilitate that in terms of what they need. But they're always driving. I always remind people, like, this is your healing session. I have zero agenda. I don't know where you're supposed to go. I don't know what's right for you and never pretend to. So it's fully channeling the information and the work that needs to happen for you that you've already kind of put into process by saying yes to me. Right. Permission granted because of speaking with you in the first place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you're doing your healing sessions, what type of people are you working with? What kind of things can you help with? What I love about what I love about me, and I say that with such humility, <laughs> is that I'll work with anyone that feels drawn to it. There are no requirements. I've worked with everything from just feeling stuck to trauma, to addiction, to dysfunctional relationships, to grief, to wanting to change their job, to wanting to step into who they are, to wanting to find their purpose. I mean, it goes on and on, but I feel like if you're drawn, and often people will come to me with intention A, like, okay, Eve, I'm feeling stuck. But in the sessions, they're like, no, this is the real thing I came to you for. And I'm like, yes, because I, in my sessions and in all the work that I do, I really honor the person in front of me and I meet them where they're at, trusting that they're going to get what they need to get and really creating a space for them to feel that permission and courage to really get what they want, right? It's like we have to break down even our own barriers of what we want help with. And, and that's beautiful. And I'm in no rush. But I can see that where people would come to you with a certain intention, but that isn't even the big thing that the spirit wants to help with, or that the messages coming through might not directly pertain to that, but maybe some side note that can help fix that. And then everything else will clear. Yeah. And in the first session, 
I always say like your first session with me is your big kahuna. So you're going to get three parts. I mean, and this is just how spirit works. So once again, like I'm a conduit, but you're going to get a lot of data about your essence, like who you are, what are your superpowers? Because we forget we're so focused on like, well, we're not doing right. What's wrong with us? Spirit's like, whoa, 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 let's pull you up and out. Like, you're amazing. Let us tell you why. And not in a Pollyanna way, like in a felt way, like it always resonates with people like, yeah, I forgot that that's part of me. Then we're going to look at your core stories. So what are the core programming? And when I say core stories, we all came here with a blueprint and then we were imprinted upon. And my imprint was that I am unlovable and I will be abandoned. So my whole life, I've been running this program. I'm going to leave people. I'm going to not feel lovable. I'm gonna t- I mean, like all the things that go with that, but that's my core story. And that imprinting for you just came through your childhood? Yeah, childhood, society, my experiences. Yeah, not all from my parents. We have a way of like trying to blame our parents for everything, but definitely my adolescence, but that can be school relationships. I mean, everything, right, kind of imprints upon you. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. These false stories. Because, of course, I'm lovable. No one can actually abandon me besides myself. But most of us don't know what that core programming is running in our system all the time. And if we don't know our core programming or we don't make friends with it, because we want to love this part of us, by the way. Like, I love the little Evas that have been protecting me from being abandoned and protecting me from getting my heart hurt from feeling unlovable. Like, I love all of them. And I need them to know that I'm in charge and, like, we're okay, that we are lovable. Like, we're not going to be abandoned, right? So part of it is about embodying these stories. We don't talk about those stories to heal them. There's no such thing. None of us are broken. We don't want to wish them away. We want to love them up, integrate them with us. But we have to know our core stories because if we don't, the things we don't talk about are usually what's running our life, right? Our bad habits. So we work the stories both data-wise and energetically because once again, we need to give you some space between you and that story so that you can start to dance with it and love it differently. And then the third is you just get a ton of clearing because most of us, we are all intuitive, but most of us collect a lot of energy that we don't even know we're collecting from our family, friends, life, children. And it kind of clings to us and stays with our own true energy. Yeah. So if you imagine you have a, a glass of water, which is us, it's pure, you can see through it just over time, very naturally, nothing you're doing, but that water collects bacteria and muck and dirt and you know like it just gets dirty and so part of the session is clearing you up so that you can feel what it's like to be you most of us don't even know what our own energy feels like until this moment where we've done enough clearing where i'm like just take a minute feel this and they're like whoa i'm like this is you we didn't do anything we just cleared the debris so that you could feel you this is you and they're like Okay, and we do that so they can come back to that. That has to be so powerful. It's so beautiful. We all need it too, because including myself, I don't know who I am and I don't know what's me, what's my story. So part of it is unraveling, unbecoming what we think we are to become. That's why the big session, and to your point about the intentions, that big, that first session is when, okay, your intentions may shift because then you're really clear about your stories and you're like, okay. I want to get real with my stories. That's what we want to work. I'm like, cool. And if not, also cool. If you're like, yeah, yeah, those are my stories. Cool. But really, let's just keep working on my intention or my purpose in life. Like, okay. Because it's all going to come out. And, you know, that's the healing process. Like we always, we always get exactly what we're ready to handle in the moment. Always. When you talk about stories, is that something that is also not predetermined, but is that just part of your essence, as you say, of who you are? Or what is our story? That's a great question. When I use the term stories, it's the lies that we tell ourselves. And they were kind of embedded into us. Along the lines of the imprinting that we mentioned earlier? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I believe, and my experience is that we are all really big spirits. I believe that we've been here multiple times. And it's okay if you don't believe that. I work with everyone from all faiths because I love it all and I really honor it all. But in my belief system... We've been here more than once. There's a moment right before we're born that we're like, okay, this is what we're going to work this lifetime. We definitely have free will, I believe. It's not all preordained. But there is a sense of 
This is what Eva needs to work to evolve. And my work this time around is really loving myself, believing in myself, and absolutely knowing I'm not abandoned. Like I cannot be abandoned, right? My soul beautifully picked my parents, picked situations. And knowing this does not justify or make anything that I've experienced okay, because we get confused with that in spiritual kind of language is I would never say to someone, oh, you've picked your trauma and your disease. Stop it. Let's not talk to each other that way. And that's not true, right? But do I need to learn these things in this lifetime? A hundred percent. So it's really getting real. Like, what am I learning? What are these big nuggets? Because it's not about the destination. It's really about the journey. And are we showing up? Are we fully loving ourselves? Are we even authentically being ourselves? So the story in my mind, when I always talk about the stories, it's that track that's always playing that's just like like Eva you're not lovable don't believe them don't trust them leave run you can't be successful just on and on my inner critic that nasty voice that we all have those are your stories and they were created for a good reason because I would not have survived my childhood without them I wouldn't I wouldn't be here so I'm really thankful that I had the notion at a very young age to be like I got to create some stories to make sense of what's happening to me they're not bad but they're stories. They're not my truth. I love how you define that and explain it because it makes it just so clear and such an image to hold of, okay, this is my true spirit. And these might be the stories that are kind of wrapped around it, but it doesn't change the true spirit and the essence within. Yeah. And the whole goal of healing in general, and well, yeah, let's talk about the word healing too for a moment. We use the word healing because it's what people understand in terms of kind of bettering yourself, but none of us are broken. We cannot heal, quote unquote, like let go of anything. I'm going to be working my lovability and my abandonment my whole life. So this story, we just keep evolving with it and we keep working with it, right? This idea that I'm going to do a session and like, I'm just going to feel lovable. Nope. No, I may change my approach. I may feel stronger in this moment. And then something else is going to come in and work a different angle of unlovability, right? A different angle of my story. But we want the true essence to be stronger so that when you're kind of dancing with your story, you're much more aware like, okay, yep, I'm getting my butt kicked right now, but I know it's my story. Come in here. What's going on? Where's this coming from? So it's a much more loving, tender place to be instead of like, oh, I did it again. Like, oh, I can't believe it. Or I'm like totally terrified. I'm running from the situation. Okay. I know we want to run. Come here, sit down. But this is how I talk to myself. I'm like, okay, Things are up today. We got this. Sit down. Like, what's going on? Because I honor the things that are coming up. I don't want them to just be shoved down. I don't want to just like push through them. Because if I do, by the way, they're running. Whatever decisions I'm going to make in that moment, they're they're for my story. They're not for my center self. Knowing our stories is power, but hopefully in a loving way, not in a more things to be hard on ourselves way. You had mentioned something earlier about how when we come into this world pre-birth, we have selected our parents. That's something I also believe. What is your understanding of soul contracts? Is that something that is aligning with your belief system? Yeah, we do, and I do a lot of work with soul contracts in my healing sessions. Because most people in your life that you have a actual connection with, like a depth with, you know, you have a soul contract with them. It could be good or bad, by the way. And I don't like those terms I don't even like, but just for kind of understanding, meaning nothing really is bad and nothing really is good. But they could have negative consequences or they could have positive. They could be things bringing you down. They could th be things propping you up, right? And often in our sessions or just in life, we're learning to be complete with the soul agreement when it's done. Because not all soul agreements are supposed to last our whole life. And particularly if you look at partners or even parents that are really toxic or family members or people that we think we're stuck with, I would just want us to look at what impact is it having on you? What was the soul agreement? Do you feel like you, you know, you did your part? Is it okay to let this go? And it doesn't mean that you're even letting that relationship go, but you are shifting how you approach that relationship right? You're shifting how you show up. You're shifting the stories that are kind of leading in that relationship. But yeah, I definitely believe in soul contracts. And I think they're really helpful because we have figured out these beautiful souls that either we've already worked with or are new to us to help us grow and learn. That's a beautiful way to put it. 
let me know if this also aligns with your belief system. I feel like when we come here, we do have free will, as you had mentioned earlier, that nothing is definitely prescripted, but it's almost like we chose a playwright that we said, okay, hey, this is a really cool, you know, movie or scene in this lifetime. You know, you kind of picked your other soul partners and you decide to come into this one together and say, okay, now this time you take the mom role and I'll take the boyfriend role. And you just kind of roll differently in each lifetime with the, maybe the same souls that you've kind of gone through this journey with. How does that understanding align with what you know? Yeah. I mean, that is very accurate. If you have that feeling like I've known you before. Trust it. You have known them before. Yeah. I had that with you when I met you. I'm like, oh yes. my gosh, you're amazing. And this person just jives and resonates with me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And like I said, though, the beautiful and wonderful thing to know about soul agreements is that any agreement that we have on a soul level is an agreement. It's, it's like it's binding. And if we want to break that, we can because Sometimes we need to break those agreements, but when we have agreements with souls, particularly like abusive or traumatic or dysfunctional souls, we struggle with uncoupling that feeling like, no, 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 like I'm supposed to be doing this for them. And spirit's like, whoa, you've done your part. Like you're also supposed to learn that they're okay, that they are on their own journey, that you cannot save them, right? You just gave me goosebumps. That's incredible. Yeah, so sometimes our soul parts are helping us learn to stand in our own lane, right? To to not be the saver. And whatever our agreement was, it's been done. And in my sessions, I always say, nothing shows up unless it's absolutely ready to be done. So we don't force anything. I don't pull anything out because they're driving it. So when a soul agreement comes up to be broken, there's a reason. And I always give them the option because some of us aren't ready in that moment. Like, no, no, no. I don't want to I don't want to break that soul agreement because we feel like it's going to kind of destroy our our physical agreement with these folks but that's not the case it actually just frees you up of this kind of feeling this weight of like no this is your role in this relationship no it's not I get to be me and this is not healthy for me so I'm not doing this anymore it's so empowering and still loving there's nothing this person is exactly on their journey and I always teach that we don't hate them by the way have your feelings But in the spiritual realm, they're doing exactly their part. So can you do your part and walk away with love and compassion? But most of us, the only way we can walk away is we get so angry. We're just like, ah, F you, I'm out of here. But could there be another way that we're like, oh, I see why you are in my life and I'm, I'm done with this. Like, yeah, I don't think I deserve this anymore. I don't have to vilify this person. By the way, really have your feelings. I've been through my own trauma. I'm not telling people not to feel anger or resentment or hate. Feel it all. And it's okay to leave these without going to those places or without wanting to burn the house down, right? When you bring that up about kind of clearing the energy, does that tie back into what you had mentioned earlier of that dense energy and just trying to clear that and lighten things? Yeah, because for an example, I'll talk about myself and others that I've worked with, but we'll just kind of bring it into a real life. So being a healer, there's a natural component in me that wants to save and heal and please and and do. There's a healthy part of that in my superpower, and then there's a real shadowy part of that. All my soul agreements are working this story that to be loved is to do something for someone right? That's my core story. If I'm not helping someone, if I'm not being valuable, like why would they love me? Because I'm unlovable. Well, what if you were just lovable for you? Then you would interact and be in relationships so differently, right? Like that people-pleasing eases because we cannot save anyone. We cannot pull anyone through the fire. All of that is, it's driven by our societal norms, but it's also driven with how we grew up that that's how you prove worth is you do for others. And yes, do for others, but in a more kind of conscious, loving way versus a need to prove, need to get love way. And when we approach that, for me, if I'm trying to save someone, I'm getting way too involved in their journey and I'm taking away their power to walk their own path. But it's really hard because I know all this stuff And I've literally had sessions and I love it because it's once again teaching me, but I've had sessions where someone will be like, okay, if I do this, what happens? Or if I do that? And they're like, okay, this scene over here is like, it's stormy, it's raining, it's struggle, it's dark. 
oh my gosh, this one over here is like sun. It's beautiful. And they'll look at me dead on. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the first option. And I'm like, did you not hear me? But I don't because I'm like, cool, absolutely cool. I trust you. You're on your own journey. You heard what you wanted to hear. Like, it is not my job to convince. I don't even know what those images mean to you, by the way. Maybe you really like dark and stormy, right? So who am I to think that I know what the other person needs? And that takes an amazing amount of humility and trust in everyone. And I do have that. But I always have to fight that part of me that wants to save and wants to heal because that part of me was like, are you kidding me? Like, you got to go with the sun. And that I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How do you know? This is between them and spirit. So like, back out. But it's been really humbling for me to be a healer. And it's been really healing for my part that feels like I need to help and save everyone. I'm blown away by people's ability to navigate their own journeys. We're incredible. We are. I just, I love my clients. I love I just love the transformations that people go through. Like, we know what we're doing. We're just remembering. We're remembering that we know how to do this. We're remembering the skills we already have, right? Anyone that you work with should be empowering you to remember yourself, never making you feel like you have to learn some kind of methodology or thing that doesn't come natural. You got it in you. That's who you should be working with, right? In my humble opinion, is people that are empowering your knowing, not taking away from it or inserting their knowing on your knowing, like, psh. I don't know what anybody else. I'm like still figuring out my own stuff, right? Right. <laughs> I could just see your energy and your excitement and your love of what you do. And if it's a talent, if it's a gift, if it's a skill, whatever it is, it's just, it emanates from you. It's almost just tangible. I love it. Just even thinking of my own personal life journey, could I come to you and say, I am at a crossroads. I don't know what to do. Here's maybe option A, here's option B. Are you able to see beyond and kind of like what you just had mentioned with, okay, this side is dark and stormy and this side is bright and sunny. Are you able to see if I were to make a certain choice, what that outcome would look like on either side of the crossroad? That's such a great question. Yes, you could. That's called forecasting and you can do it. Most of us have the ability to see, quote unquote, the future because time doesn't exist and I'm really against it. So I will not do it. I'll give you a sense. I'll give you definitely like an energetic feel of if you make this decision in this moment. Precisely. Because that is taking away someone's free will, I believe. I will never, and by the way, that could change. I was gonna say it could change in five minutes. Two minutes, they can make some alteration in their mind, their soul, and like, and then, then I'm responsible for them making other decisions that are not aligned to their journey. So I really stay away from forecasting. I can absolutely give you data about anything, but we always couch it in, what are you feeling? And then work the energy behind that. Like, what's the fear behind this? Because what I want, what people are asking when they say that, by the way, is I'm terrified to make this decision because I don't trust myself. So tell me what to do. And I will say like, I trust you. So let's learn to trust ourselves because you're trustable. So let's work that. Why aren't you trusting yourself? What's underneath that? Because that's a lie. You are absolutely trustworthy. I trust you. And that's what I love about all the work I do is we get to the root of it. Like we can do Band-Aids all day, but for most of us that have been in this journey, they don't stick. We want real tangible, meaty things that are shifting us, that are helping us. So having someone be like, cool, I can give you some information, but really what's the question behind the question, right? With love. Because like this example I told you earlier, I did tell him and he was like, yeah, I'm gonna totally pick the one that's gonna give me a lot of suffering. Awesome. And now in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, that was his path. He does not believe he deserves something good right now. And I mean, this is so many years ago in the beginning of my career. Now I would say to this individual, yeah, now that you've heard that, what are we feeling? Let's work the different scenarios. What's in one? What's the story you're telling yourself about one? What's the story you're telling yourself about the other, right? Like we'd work the energy so that maybe, and once again, I have no agenda for him, but maybe he could just see why he's picking something so that when he goes into that stormy, it's more empowered. Like, yeah, I need to learn this. Like, cool. Now we have a better sense of what we're doing. That's what I was wondering too. Sometimes I think maybe it isn't just a right or wrong, that it is a path or paths, plural. And I sometimes just try to envision maybe what you might see. You say we all have intuition, but I haven't tapped into mine. But just to even envision that, okay, there are multiple choices, 
of what we can do and decisions we make and how they impact. But maybe it's just even to placate my own lack of trust in my own decision making is that the path I'm on is the path. And I'll look back and I'll see, yeah, that was the path. And hopefully I don't see all the deviations that I could have done and all the different choices that I could have made and how they would have turned out because that maybe just muddles the water. But I guess my own personal thinking is, okay, I'm hoping that we're all on a path and that the God, spirit guys can just help us clear, like you say, clear the negative energy. And what was the other thing you called it? I mean, I said debris. Debris. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. Obstacles. And our stories. Yeah. And yeah. our stories. Our stories too. And just kind of help us along the path and maybe just feel more solid in the path or possibly feel more comfortable in ourselves and the journey that we're on. I'm looking for an understanding of how it looks from your perspective. No, I love that you asked this question because it's something that everyone needs to hear. We cannot mess this up. It is impossible. You did not fail. You did not fuck it up. You didn't err. You didn't hurt yourself. You didn't do this to yourself. We cannot mess this up. So we cannot make wrong decisions. Now to your point, do some of our decisions cause harm or validate our stories? Yeah, because we're learning and we're human and it's so incredibly messy and hard. But this idea that there's this right way to do it. And I love what you said. Yeah, there is no such thing as wrong and right. Definitely not in the spiritual realm. When I go up there, there's such unconditional love and just belief in everyone that they're like, oh my gosh, we cannot mess it up. So we can't pick wrong. We can't veer off our path. We're always on it. It's like almost imagining anything that's attached to anything. It can't be removed. We can't be removed from our path. We can't err so much that we lose the love of spirit. It doesn't happen, right? Because we are on this journey. And a lot of us, and most of us, including myself, we learn through suffering. That's how we learn. And maybe one day we'll figure out how to learn through happiness. But most of us are still just trying to break the patterns of all of our ancestors of like, oh, can we just be happy? Can we just be worthy on our own? Are we enough? Are we lovable? So we pick things that help us learn. And yeah, often that is hard things, hard relationships, hard situations. We say no to good things, right? So there are moments where you can look back and be like, oh, if I don't do it because you you made the exact decision that you could in that moment. And now you're going to make a different decision because you're stronger, you're clear, you're like more empowered. So cool. Love that part of you that was so insecure that you were like, I can't take this promotion. In fact, I quit. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? Because we sabotage ourselves all the time. And we want to recognize why that happened and love that part of us instead of being like, I would be in such a different place if you weren't so weak back then. Spirit would never talk to us that way, right? And we would never talk to our, hopefully we would never talk to our own children that way. I think part of the healing process is learning how to parent yourself and really lessen our harshness. There are no expectations for a spirit. There are no goals. You didn't come here to achieve something. You being you is the goal, period. You finding you, whatever that looks like, is the whole goal of this path. You cannot lose yourself. It's just about finding ourselves again. I love this. This is just so fantastic just to be even be with you in discussing this. You oh, I love totally it too. made my year. Thank you. <laughs> no, this is so much fun. Thank you. I always envisioned God as just being absolute love, perfection, goodness in everything in our world and nature and just having almost like this energy of absolute, pure, beautiful goodness and love. Is that kind of a blanket that overlays the entire spiritual world and the entire physical world? Yeah. Yeah. God, I mean, God and spirit and whatever. And by the way, everyone kind of insert your own language in here. Yeah. God, spirit, universe. Yeah. Whatever triggers you, let it go. Use something else that you like. It is unconditional. It is infinite. It's pure. And we are a reflection of God. There is no separation. We are remembering our godly spiritual parts. We are remembering that we are also whole, complete, pure, perfect, just as we are, right? That we are lovable just for who we are. Because there really is like this idea of attainment or evolving or ascension. I'm not discarding them, but I'm saying for most of us, our whole point is embodying our bodies, embodying our soul, remembering who we are, that we are all these things, right? Because often we look to the outside of, well, yeah, Eve, I'll work with you because like you have all these things. I'm like, what? We all have all these things and we're all working and struggling with them. But in moments of clarity or feeling strong, we feel supported, loved, and guided. We feel this 
just moments, and we've all had them, where we're just, I feel this connection. I'm not separate from God. I'm not separate from spirit. They're always leading me. And I'm perfect, whole, and complete as I am right now. Yes, you really are. Because there is no critic or judge or assessment that's happening upstairs. We always think there is. And there's no such thing as upstairs. Because everything that we we feel like there's this thing above us that we're moving towards. But what if it was all around us and we're moving in? It's in us, the thread of God and spirit, because we're all kind of like the same tapestry. So the thread is all through us. So it's more about coming in and being like, oh, yeah, it's already in here. So I'm remembering it's happened here versus what a lot of us do. And by the way, this is my belief, but a lot of us kind of look out and spirit keeps pushing us in. Like the whole point, we cannot evolve until we have embodied. It's impossible. It's like trying to raise a balloon without the helium. The helium has to embody the balloon and then it can float up. But that's what we're doing. We are trying to embody ourselves. And for most of us, we do not want to be here. We do not like being in our bodies. We struggle because our stories are so loud and being human is often hard. And there is so much badness out in the world and tragedy. I mean, look at the news. So we struggle, right? But we have to remember every day. And I work with my clients on this and myself. But also there's so much good. There's so much good in you and others. There is a pull right now to look at what separates us, to look at what's dividing us, to look at all the bad. But what about all the good? Like, just look around. We're pretty amazing and complex. We're not all bad. We're not all good. And by the way, there's no such thing as bad and good in my mind. So can we bring it in? And we learn to distract and focus on the external so that we detract from the internal which is where we're supposed to be, right? If I'm helping you, Teresa, thank God, because I don't have to work on myself, which is also what I've been learning to not do. Like, hey, you're a healer, but you're just a guide. You're just a lighthouse. That's it. That's your job. So you still got to work on you. You're not doing anything for anyone else. You got to bring it back home. But it's very tempting to distract in all the ways, addiction, social media, TV, each other people's problem, the news. Cool, you can. But also you could come back in because when we're in, we see the beauty. We see, like you said, all the things that overlay, the trees, the goodness in people, even that we don't agree with. There are moments you're like, oh, this, yeah, he's actually a really good guy. We just don't have any similar views and that's okay. But it doesn't make him a bad person. He just doesn't think the way I do. And by the way, that doesn't mean that I'm a good person because the way I think, we're seeing the goodness in each other. My friend always says he tries to see everyone as a blank canvas, God, the goodness, the perfection, and then life puts the colors on it. So then the painting can change, but try to see through all of that and see it back to the pure God, good in everyone. That is so eloquent. It's so beautiful and so powerful just to try to see everyone as God without being separated from God and try to see everyone as perfection, as God, as goodness, as good, as love. Yeah. And I think witnessing their stories, we're all being eaten alive by our stories, whether we know it or not, right? Perfectionism, control, worthiness. I mean, we really are. So it's also kind of having that compassion of like, wow, what must they be going through because they're so righteous about this thing or because they're so angry about this thing. And not in a condescending way, but to your like to your friend's point, in a very spiritual, like we're all one way, like, oh, we're all actually on the same journey. We're all struggling with the same things. I think when we have that perspective too, we cannot take things so personal because it doesn't trigger our stories. Like, oh, this guy or woman doesn't believe what I'm saying. Well, that must mean that they don't see my value or my worth. So I'm going to fight even harder. Like, this has nothing to do they're having their own reaction has nothing to do with you actually most of us like 90 percent of anything that anyone says is a projection yes so if we internalize those projections like who are we we're just getting fuel for our stories but if you look at it like oh that reaction had nothing to do with me that's their own stories that's their own process they're in so if i can see that i get less reacted less triggered and then I can just be with that person, right? It is that very kind of, and it sounds very much more zen than it's supposed to, but it is very empowering when you stop letting other people affect you and really honor and trust that they're on their own journey, that it has nothing to do with you. Really, in the, the most tragic dysfunctional relationships, all the nasty things they say to you, if you really sit with your higher self and you keep asking, is that true? Is that really true of me? If you're really honest and really quiet, you'll hear no, no. No. Okay. How do I break this? How do I move away from this? 
right? But we learn to believe these projections. And most of us aren't, and I say most of us, there's a lot of us that are just not capable of having real honest conversations, right? Or even if you trigger me, Teresa, being like, wow, that really triggered this part of me. But it's not about you. I'm not like, well, that was really rude. Oh, no, I'm like, oh, okay, you triggered some abandonment stuff here. I, I get that you're changing plans, but I'll just name it so that it doesn't get in the way of us. And you don't own it. You're just doing you. And I'm not labeling or I'm not putting the onus on you to be everything I need you to be. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. This triggered my abandonment. I'm going to go work that. And I'll see you on Tuesday instead of Wednesday or whatever, right? But most of us are not even able to hold ourselves accountable or be honest about what's going on. And that's okay. But it's good to acknowledge that as we're perusing the world that like, oh, okay, we're all just in our stories. We're all on our path. We're all learning to remember who we are. And some of us are just on varying different paths, right? Not better. There's no better or worse. Just different. We're all on a different path. We're all in a different space. But at the same time, we're still all one. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of tricky for the human brain to be cognizant of all of those facets of it. I believe that we are all one and we are all God and spirit. We are all part of that goodness. But it's so tricky to balance that with the belief of I am me and you are you. And just in this whole human experience of how we all have to roll. Yeah, I think particularly now because we really are being divided. And it's really important for us to keep remembering that we are all one, even if we don't agree, even if we don't have the same values, beliefs, that we're all human, we're all on this human experience. And yeah, we are also us. It's hard to focus on us when there is so much happening around us, right? And people have a hard time with that. But often when we have a hard time with that, it's because we're working worthiness. Am I even worth my own time? I definitely struggle with that. It feels really selfish just to sit here and record a podcast, right? Because in my mind, like, oh, you should be doing things, like, blah, blah, blah. That inner critic is telling me that story is you should be doing more. You're not really worthy of just, like, who wants to hear you? Who wants to hear the things that you have to say, right? But we all have it. But it's always important to ground down into, oh, we really are all struggling with our own insecurities. And even in my I've done a lot of business consulting, and I still do, and I always see, and I have the most difficult you know, particularly like some of my executives are so difficult, but I just see them. I really see them. And I'm like, okay, it's cool. Like we'll dance this way for this moment because I get that they're just in their own stuff. It has nothing to do with me. The way that they're treating me, the way they're treating others, we're, we're going to work it by the way, because that's how I am. I'm like very sneaky and sly. Like I'll get in there and like six months later, they're going to be a little different, right? Just because subtly we're going to work on things, but I'm never going to say to that person, you're really being rude right now because that's not going to work, right? It's just like being around them. But I also recognize why you're being rude, why everything feels so scary to you. But we're not at a place where we can talk about that yet. So how can I meet him where he is and not take it personal and still show up as me? That doesn't mean placating, hiding, getting quiet, walking in eggshells. No, no, no. It just means how can I hold my own truth, my own essence, and meet this person where they're at, right? And sometimes that means I can't meet them, and I don't think we should be in a room together. Sometimes it means, hey, this is our agreement. Like, we can talk about these things, right? But we learn how to show up and get what we need while not taking away from who they are or putting it on them that they're the reason we can't be with them. No, we're just in a different space and I know what I can handle and what I can't handle. I love it that you know that you're able to see that. I feel so many times people are just getting caught up in what people are presenting to them, either projecting or how they're showing up. And it's hard to see the true person underneath it all and realize that they're only where they are and acting the way they are because of their stories, their upbringing, their experiences, but underneath it all, they're still perfect. Yeah. yeah. And most of us are acting, until we kind of get a handle on our stories, we're acting from that age. And I do this to myself. But if you're in a moment and you ask yourself like, oh, what age am I? You'll come up with something fairly quickly, like nine, six, five. It's really interesting how our bodies know. You just have to ask, like you're having a full meltdown. You're like, okay, what's the age? And I'm like, two. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's what's going on. My little, my two-year-old is having a real reaction about what just happened. Okay, let's lift it back up into my adult self. But also with people, you can be like, well, what age do you think they're at? I mean, I ask my clients all this the time and they're like, oh, 13, nine. I'm like, okay. Because we often get stuck at the age where our trauma happened that we have not healed. So we have someone in our family that's just really hard and my son always gets impacted by them. And one day I was like, you know, she's just acting from her unhealed trauma. She's kind of acting her unhealed stories out on you. 
And that was all I had to say to him. He was like, oh, it's nothing to do with me. So now when he interacts with this person, it's like, huh, she can do whatever she wants because she's playing her own record over there. But he kept internalizing it. She's just, she's acting out her own trauma on everyone else. And that's what we all do. We all do that. We all do it. Yes. Yes. Including me. Yeah. Take it so personal, the thinking that what they are saying and doing is directly intended to impact you, or just that's how they're relaying their story out into the world. But we take it personally thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do? Well, this is my fault, or I did something wrong. But it's so refreshing, hard to do, but so uplifting to be able to say, oh, I am not responsible for your actions, for your words, for your feelings. Those are yours based on your story. And it's so freeing. You use the words heavy and light. So light, so lightning. Yeah. And the opposite is when I would attack my partner for not not making me feel safe and secure or not making me feel like I'm a priority. What I'm saying is I'm feeling my abandonment story kick up. So instead of saying that, I'm just attacking him like you, 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 you. But instead we learn I statements like in this moment, I'm feeling abandoned. I'm feeling unlovable, right? This is me with me. This is my own journey. And I keep telling him this, this is me with me, but I'm going to say the things Because there are things that we do to each other that trigger and we want to be more loving. Here's what's up. Yeah, it's not your responsibility to make me feel like I can't be abandoned because you will never be able to do that. But we so often push this onto others, like our parents, our partners, our friends. You needed to do this. Like, whoa, 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 step back. Where is this coming from? Right? What's the I statement? Okay, when you did this, I felt like that. Cool. Now we can have a conversation. But we've been trained, by the way, since we were young to just attack or to tell someone what they're doing wrong, right? Because most of us come from families that are critical or don't talk about their emotions. We're not aware of what's going on. So we've really learned this language of, yeah, like this is this is why I'm upset because they messed up. Oh, curious, what is your part in, right? So it's freeing on both sides. When I stop expecting others to fix the thing that's wounded in me, then I can start working it on my own. And that's what's so powerful about knowing our stories because it's not only in ourselves and the decisions we make, but it's our relationships. Like, oh, wow, this is why we can't work because I keep wanting you to do something you are literally incapable of doing, right? I've been with partners that cannot emotionally connect and or commit to me. And why? Because I am convinced that I will be abandoned. So I kept choosing men that would abandon me, of course. So then when I figured that out, I then made the decision like, okay, so you you do deserve better. You are lovable. So what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to leave this relationship and I'm going to work on something else. Okay, right? But that's the power moment. Oh, my story is so big and crafty that it has like created a whole life and scenario and experience that is validating these lies. I don't want to play anymore. And that's the moment we all get to like, I don't want to play anymore. And that's how I found my whole healing journey is it was really dark and bad. And I just told spirit, I'm out. If you don't help me, I'm out. You're going to have to do something. I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like myself. I don't like my life. It's on you now. And that's when I started to unravel, unfold, break down. But I, I just hit a wall. I got nothing. How old were you when that happened? 38. Yeah. All right. I think it's time for you to tell your story. Please. Eva, share your story with us. Yeah, I think our stories are so impactful because they are who we are. And I think that's part of the healing journey is to really love all those parts of us, all those stories, all those experiences. And once again, not to justify, but my kind of, I would call it a break. My break happened. My mom passed away pretty early. She died of alcoholism. She was only 58 and she was my favorite person. And that just, it just tore me. And I've been one of those people, as you can tell, I am a fierce little Chiquita. So I've been through a lot and I just keep taking, keep figuring it out. But this is the moment that broke me. And that's what spirit does. The amount that spirit concocts to help us is so impressive. But they're like, oh, you need more to stop doing what you're doing? Oh, you need a little bit more? You need and, I've, and I just had to get so weighed down that I was on the floor. And I couldn't get up, but my mom passed away. My son was leaving for high school. I got to kind of the apex of my career. I was a leader at a big company and it was not the life I wanted to live. So the people that quote unquote needed me because I'm a people pleaser were suddenly going to be gone. Spirit was like, what are you going to do now? We took your people away. 
because I would have taken care of my mom. That would have been my life. And so that's kind of the moment where I figured out that you can just change your life. You can just do differently. But it's also, I struggle with my own alcoholism. So that point in time, I dipped into fierce addiction. And yeah, I wanted out. So there was definitely some dark moments in there where I was like, well, she's gone and my son doesn't need me. Mm, I don't really want to be here. So it's also about finding like the why. Why are you here? What's the bigger reason? Yes, of course, your mom and your son were part of that. But is that it? Is that why you're here? Is that what you really believe? What are the stories? What's the fear? And for me, fear is a really, that's my, that's my BFF is fear. Like she's always with me, always. And no matter how much work I do, she's still here, but we're like changing the relationship. I always say to people, every day I wake up and fear's with me, period. Sometimes I'm bigger than fear and sometimes she's bigger than me. Either way, we're going to walk through our day, but it's just going to look a little different. When I'm feeling bigger, I'm like, yes, kicking butt. Everything's good. I feel really good about myself. When she's bigger, I'm like, can you just sit with me? We're going to make this call. We're going to do these things, but it's much more like I'm pushing through water, right? Like I'm pushing through something heavier, but I'm still pushing through. And we're learning that you can be here, but I'm not going to let you stop my life. But I'm going to love you, by the way. This is not a hate relationship. It's like, cool, you're here. And how do we move forward? But fear was a big part of my journey of facing it. All the stories that we have when we do changes, what are people going to think about me? Am I losing my mind? All the things came up, right? I had a really good paying job. In my family, not many of us have gone to college and I was the first to get my master's. I was the first to get a big corporate leadership job. All these things that you would think on paper, like, oh, she's kicking butt. I'm going to be the one that's, yeah, I'm done. I had a lot of just stuff come up. But what really helped me through it was breaking and then breathwork. I found breathwork. We are definitely going to dive deeper into that one later. I totally want to learn about that. So as part of my story, and we, we don't have to get into it all today, is that there has been a lot that happens to me. And we don't know We don't know what other people's story is. So so going back to our conversation earlier, Teresa, about not really not understanding or seeing the person in front of us, because we have these masks. And I think for people that just meet me, they're like, oh, she's this fearless, whatever, powerful, whatever. It is not true. And so I really was called and pushed to tell my full story from growing up to like right before I went to India. And that was in 2019, or right before 2020. And I've never done a podcast. I didn't want to do a podcast, but just like spirit, I always say follow the breadcrumbs. And that's how all my change and transformation has happened pretty much my whole life. People just kept planting the seeds. Like, have you ever done a podcast? I'm like, no. Like, do you even listen to podcasts? I'm like, no. And they're like, you got to do it. Like your voice is what, you know, you got to tell your story. You got to tell your story. And Spirit's like, you got to tell your story. So when I came back from India, I did. I sat down for 13 weeks straight. And each week I told an episode of my story, like starting from when I was born all the way until right before I left for India. And it's a very raw, tender, real story. And I did it so that others could share their stories because we never know what makes a person a person. And often we make a lot of assumptions and can we not assume that we know someone? So it was very healing for me. Well, and each episode is so beautiful. It is just pure your story and your interpretation of it and how it made you who you are. And what is the title of it? It's very, it's very raw. Life is messy. Life is messy. Yes, I'm gonna put a link to that in the show notes too. Oh, that is on your website. Yes, it's on my website. It's on your website, so we'll put a link to your website on the show notes. Yeah. Yes, people can go there and listen to your podcast and check it out. 13 sessions, 13 episodes? Okay. Yeah, I think this is another thing to talk about. Underneath it is like this call to to have faith and just to follow, even if it doesn't make sense, follow your intuition, follow your guts, follow your path, because we are also trained to stay in the box. And this is a really good example of that. Every week, painstakingly, I mean... Every time I record a session, I was like, no one wants to hear this. And also, I don't want this out there. But I just knew, like, there's a bigger reason. Push the publish. Just do it. And I would. And I would cry. And I'd be like, oh, yes, you know. And then people started to reach out and say, thank you for sharing your story. It helped me to feel like my story is okay to share. It helped me to understand. And the people that did know me, it's even more profound because they're like, what? No. This happened to you? How are you just you? How are you in the world, moving around? Why are you so positive? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, and I've had people really honestly say, 
are you really this positive or is it a mask that you put on because they've heard my story? And it's such a great real question. I'm like, thank you for being honest and asking the thing. And yeah, this is me. I don't think I could fake it. I just don't. But stories can be very impactful in the unraveling of who we think we are. Because when we air the most secret hidden parts of us, and they're not met with shock and awe or like, I never want to see you again, but met with such love and like, I see you and I'm so sorry that happened and I love you. You're like, oh my gosh, our stories can heal, but also telling our stories is very healing because my story does not define me. The things that happen to me do not define me. I define me. We kind of take our power back, but also learn to really love those parts of our story and hopefully see our story in others so that we understand each other and have a little more compassion and tenderness, but a whole lot of love. We're such amazing human beings and the amount that we go through and that we're still standing, most of us, is impeccable. Absolutely. (laughs) It is. It's a testament to our, our true grit sometimes. Things that you offer to help other people, you offer healing, breath work, guided meditations. You're able to channel, you had said, all of these different spirits and spirit guides. That's how you are able to teach and to help people. Can you touch a little bit more on how you channel and what that looks like? Yes. Yes. So I'll go back to something that you asked too. Each one of us has a gift and each one of us has a piece of the puzzle. And you, by the way, have absolutely tapped into your intuition. Thank you. You are so intuitive. And you have your gifts. And you have your piece of puzzle. Maybe now I just need to understand and learn how to read it and hear it. Yeah, and remember it. Oh my gosh, that is my, that's my story. None of us do. And I think I had a client in a session at the very end. I was like, do you have any questions for us? And I say ask because I'm channeling. And she's like, yeah, how do I, like, how do I tap into my spirits? And they looked at me like, we don't understand the question. And I'm like, how can she, how can she connect to you more? And they're like, just by doing it, like we're always there. I don't, they really were like, we don't know what to say. I'm like, well, one thing they wanna say is you have permission. You have permission to access your spirit at any time. And that's what we don't think. We think it's something- Like you have to go to church and pray on your knees or something. Church or go to a healer or go to someone that's gonna connect you. And they're like, we don't, but she's like, we're always right there. Oh, she just needs permission. And they were like, we give you permission. It was so beautiful. They were like, we give you permission to connect us at any time. And she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, that's beautiful. That's that's what she needed. And it was beautiful. And like, they have a sense of humor. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. When you're channeling, they're going to come through your lens. Your personality comes out in terms of what you're channeling. They said it more neutral, like, give her permission. And I was like, you have permission, you know? That's actually adorable. Yes. <laughs> and we all need it. Oh, we just can access this at any time? Yeah. Just by sitting there, like we don't have to have these aha moments. And don't get me started on spiritual elitism, but everything that we do is connection. Everything that we do is spiritual from washing our dishes to to gardening, to driving, to going to the bathroom. Like all these moments were connected to the spirit at any moment. And you'll hear if you're ever around me, I talk to myself all the time, but that's really my way of connecting in the spirit. They're always with me. This is a communication. This is like a relationship that I have that never goes away. But we have been taught that you have to do it on your meditation pillow and you have to do this or you have to be in this kind of transformational program or you have to be doing that. You have to be doing something high vibrational. Living is high vibrational. So we forget and we're so hard on ourselves and we make it really hard to connect and spirit keeps trying to break down these barriers. And that's what I love about what I do because I am someone that breaks down the barriers. Why is that a barrier? And they're like, because of this. I'm like, cool, done, next. What's the next barrier? Nope, nope, nope. And then what's left? Me. And what are you? Spirit. Oh, so like just being me is a connection, right? So that's why we say follow your intuition because... You're remembering that you know how to do this. You know how to connect, whether you go outside and connect, whether you're doing it when you're singing or gardening or being with someone, making love, all the things. Like we all connect in our own ways, but we're remembering. Like we all know how to do this. So I say all this and like, thank you for being so patient. This is the way I talk. We're going around the world here. I, this is how I listen. This is perfect. (laughs) Any other way I'd be like, wait, what? I don't get it. And thank you listeners. (laughs) I hope you're getting something out of this. But back to the gift. So we all have our superpower. And one of my superpowers that I have learned on this healing journey is that I am transformational. So I help people transform. It's just my energy. I can't not do it, which is why I always say, like, if you want to work with me, yes, and it will transform. So if you're not sure, book an intro, 
have one session, but it's definitely not for the weak of heart. So if you just want to get a vision of should you move to California or not, don't, I'm not your lady. Do not come to me because the work that we do is very transformational. Anything that I do with people is transformational. And that's my gift. That's the puzzle I have for people is to really untap their ability to transform because we all have it. We naturally know how to change and transform. It's just very scary and we've forgotten how to do it. So in that, I don't, I didn't know what, what channeling was when I got into this journey. I didn't know what being a healer meant. I didn't know any of it. But as I said to spirit, you got to tell me what I'm supposed to do or I'm out. I really didn't. I started to hike. I started to do more things. And everywhere I went, I just kept hearing the word healer, healer. I would turn on the radio and they'd be like, talking to so-and-so, a healer. And I'm like, I get it. This is why I say like the amount that they help us is insane. And following the breadcrumbs, right? This is Conversations to Inspire with your host, Teresa Moore. Join us again next week for part two with Eva Nelson as we continue to explore her gift and spiritual healing. Help promote this show by subscribing and following this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can continue to get incredible guests as we dive deeper into the mind-body-spirit connection.